Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop, which is taking place on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer to sign up. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to identify simple solutions and systems that will make a massive difference and ripple effect inside of your center. I'm going to help you create efficiency where you need it most and understand what is causing your school to feel so hectic and where those big pain points are. We're going to clarify your center's priority system to improve this summer. I'm going to show you how to audit those systems. We're going to define your desired outcomes, and you're going to leave the workshop with a simple plan that will make huge impact. And by simple, I mean very simple. No complex, no multi-step processes. Super, super simple. No one has time for long things. No one has brain capacity for extra stuff. We need simple things that have massive impact. Go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer, and I'll see you there. Welcome to the Schools of Excellence podcast, where we have conversations about education, leadership, and building a school of excellence. The goal on this show is to bring you clarity, up-level your mindset, and give you practical strategies and inspiration so you can show up with confidence and trust your decision-making. I'm Khani Wolshansky. I'm a mom of four under 10, a former New Yorker, and been in the early childhood field my entire life. And I'm so grateful that you've joined me for this conversation. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Schools of Excellence podcast. Today, I have a different style of conversation. Usually when I do my podcast, there are solo episodes where I'm really just talking about anything related to leadership, relationships, conversation around culture and staff retention. Today, I am excited to connect with Samantha Phillips and Chris Myers, both from Comploy. And... We're going to talk a lot about simplification and streamlining. And I want to start off the conversation with the definition of simplifying your business and the definition of streamlining the back end of your business, because these words are thrown around so much, specifically in the childcare space. And I think everyone has really created their own definition at this point. Um, For some people, simplification is I just want to do less. I don't want to have anything on my calendar. I want white space. I want to wake up in the morning and I have to worry about anything. That's simplification. Uh, streamlining might mean I don't want to have to be involved in anything. Everyone else is doing everything. So I think there's a lot of definitions. And Samantha, I'd love for you to kick us off with how do you define simplifying a business? Yeah, thank you for having us. I define simplifying the business as not being in a constant state of overwhelm. So anything that I can delegate or pass off to somebody else or another service, for instance, that can help me not be in a constant state of overwhelm to the point that I feel like I can't accomplish anything because I'm just in a state of reacting constantly to so much going on. So for me, simplifying is just that removing things from from my plate, being able to delegate those or outsource them to somebody else to be able to have room to breathe um, and not be in a constant state of overwhelm. So I find that in the last two years, um, 
last two and a half years, the constant state of overwhelm has been so constant that people have learned that this is just my normal state of operating, right? I'm reactive. I'm always overwhelmed. I'm stressed out. I'm burnt out. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm fatigued, all the things. And so I actually find educating people on, hey, you know, you're really overwhelmed. This is not a normal state of operating. We really need to simplify your business. I find the educational curve actually much bigger than it ever was because people have accepted the insanity of survival. So I would love to hear how are, how is Compway really starting to educate people around, no, 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 this is actually not okay. Like this is too much. Chris, you want to take that one? Sure. Uh, <laughs> They're going to play ping pong with each other. Whoever. You know, I think taking it back to when you mentioned the term streamline, right? How do you define streamline? That's how we can help to educate those employers that maybe what they're doing is too much today. If you take a look at a lot of business owners and their current processes, they might have a process for onboarding employees, a process for attracting and hiring employees, a process for payroll, right? But if you can streamline all of that so it becomes truly one process, mm -hmm. right? So it's one system from beginning to end all the way through the entire employee life cycle. At that point, you're really showing them, hey, listen, you can get out of the administration of entering information here, entering information there, entering it here, and instead it can just flow through from beginning to end, and it becomes one streamlined process. So at that point, you're really saying, hey, listen, Mr. Bus Mr. or Mrs. Business Owner, you're spending so many hours with the administration of your business instead of focusing on growing your business. Let us help you to create that singular process. So I'm going to take it a step further, right? Because I'll just give you some of, for, for anyone that's new to the podcast, or maybe this is your first episode that you're listening to, what we do in our company is we focus so much on the leader's mental health and emotional well-being and how they're operating, right? And we use similar terms of like streamlining and simplifying. And when I start having conversation with leaders, they are so unaware of the fact that their body is in a state of like almost being ready to shut down because of the overwhelm and exhaustion. And so when someone says, when you, when we have a conversation with someone around, Hey, let's streamline that back end. What if someone says, but it's working. I'm okay. I'm, my heart's still beating. Everything's still alive. Everything's still functioning. The door still opens every single day. Staff are still coming. And so it takes another step of awareness for the person to say, yes, everyone's alive and functioning, but is this the way I really want to be operating? Am I enjoying the process? Am I enjoying even what I'm doing because it's so overwhelming? So I'd love to hear your perspective on that. Sure. I think, you know, with Comploy, once we get to the point where we're having the conversation with, with the client or the end user, it's a consultative approach to understand where, they, where they're spending their time Right, we want to understand what it is that they're doing, but more than that, we dive into why they started their business, why they're passionate about it, and then how much time they're spending on the administration of it versus doing the things that they actually love. We all say that if we're doing what we love, we never work a day in our life, right? right. Well, I, I guarantee when we have that conversation with most people, you know, they they start talking about. Oh, I'm so passionate about, you know, the children that we're working with and that we're helping today. However, I have to do all of this to have the employees. And then we talk about how the, the amount of hours and the time that they're spending there and how we can relieve that time and get them back into what they're focusing on. Then at that point, I think it helps to click in their mind. Hey, you know what? Maybe I am spending a little bit more time on the administration of things than I am on, on the 
why I started this business, what I'm passionate about. When you think about your best clients or like the, the kind of the people that you really enjoy servicing and taking care of and just helping them. What, what does that person look like? So for me on the insurance side of things, I love working with somebody that has never, that didn't know that there were people out there that actually specialize in childcare specifically. Mm. So most of the people that I run into, most of the owners that I talk with, Um, are either insured with like the local guy that's down the street or um, maybe somebody's brother's cousin's friends, you know, whatever, some type of through the grapevine referral. And being able to educate people is really important to me. I don't want to just sell you an insurance product. I want you to know exactly why you need um, specific types of coverages and what, it, what that looks like for your business, how it would cover a specific claim situation. So for me, any owners that have never worked with a child care insurance specialist to the point that they don't recognize or have never had the opportunity to see the value in that are my favorite clients to work with. I find that when you share that education with um, and really open their eyes to either how underinsured they are or just how much more informative that process and how involved their communication in in learning what their business looks like. What, tell me specifically about your program. What do you have going on to make it a customized protection plan? The loyalty that comes with that, because you took the time to educate them about their business, about protecting their business and really made it a collaborative effort. It's not just an insurance agent saying, here you go, sign this. This is what you need. You're good which I find is is what happens in a lot of cases. And that's not my approach at all. So being able to share what I'm passionate about with owners to make that collaborative effort to protect their business, those are my favorite people to work with. So I find insurance a very personal conversation, no matter what type of insurance you're buying. So whether you're buying a life insurance policy or you're buying, you know, car insurance, homeowners insurance, whatever insurance you're buying, it's very personal because everyone needs something different. Everyone's needs are different. Everyone has different business models. Everyone has different family structures. Everyone has different life goals. When it comes to life insurance, everyone has different health liabilities when it comes to it. And so I find that, you know, any of the insurance people that we've worked with when when my husband and I bought insurance or when I was running a child care center, I find the relationship such an important part of the process. Like the trust level for someone to purchase an insurance policy is really, really high because you're not buying a product of like, here's a hundred dollars, here's your phone, here's two bucks, now I got a water bottle. You're not doing this transference of goods, you're buying an insurance policy. So you're educating the person against something that could possibly happen in their center, how to protect themselves, which is a much harder education that you're doing because you need to be in a completely different state of awareness when you're at a level, right? Kids don't buy insurance, right? Right. Kids buy candy. They exchange money for things that they want right now. But a child in a developmental milestone phase, a child doesn't purchase insurance for lots of reasons, but mainly developmentally, their brain doesn't conceptualize buying something for like, it just, it doesn't add up. And so even though someone might be a grown up, it doesn't mean that their brain is in a state of, oh, I should probably buy insurance. Like grown ups do that. Educated, smart people buy insurance. So now that I did my whole spiel on insurance, I'm 
curious about if you can share, I don't know, just some interesting stories, maybe or an interesting anecdote when it comes to just helping people understand why insurance is important. Because we might think life insurance, oh, of course, everyone has life insurance. Well, actually, no, not every single family has life insurance or any type of insurance for that matter. Okay. So why is insurance important? When it comes to the childcare businesses, insurance can literally make or break your business. So let's talk about an abuse accusation, for instance. You had an employee that was accused of abuse. If there are cameras in the school, you know, the parents, any access the parents have, every single minute that they have access to those video cameras, they're going to be on there watching like a hawk. If they see what looks like abuse, file that lawsuit. If that footage is turned over to the courts, the, the, the court also determines that this is validated. I've seen abuse claims, valid abuse claims pay at minimum a million dollars. Whoa. So, Whoa. Um, yeah, it adds up very quickly. And if you don't have insurance or you don't have the proper insurance, a lot of things or a lot of the policies that are I view, um, because that's, that's how I start my process and getting to know. So I'll start analyzing the the current insurance policies, figuring out what are they currently protected for, what's missing, and then bring in my analysis. Well, teach me about the program. What does mm. your current program look like? And then I'll apply what I know about the program with what they currently have covered by the existing policies and then attempt to close those gaps. But if I'm looking at the old policy and I see that they have a $100,000 abuse limit and based on my knowledge and experience and claims that I've seen in the past, I know that that 100,000 abuse limit is nowhere near enough. If there's even one abuse claim, then that's a gap in coverage that I'm going to attempt to uh, narrow down or close altogether. And it's situations like that. There are very ton of claim scenarios that I've seen in the past. There was these aren't around as much anymore, but do you remember the the old school like TV stands when TV still had the big backs on them and then there yep. was a strap that held it to the cart? Yep, it fell on me a few times. Okay, well, that, <laughs> um, that same situation happened, but it fell on a child and that child did not survive. It was a, it was a very traumatic, obviously traumatic for the children that were in the room, traumatic for the family of that child. So there are, I've also seen cubbies that weren't permanently affixed to the wall or weren't, weren't installed correctly to be permanently affixed to the wall, fall over on child. So there are a ton of different situations that just in my experience as a child care insurance specialist that I've seen claims like that and can better protect people from events like that from occurring in the future. Or if it was, obviously we can't prevent those events, but we can protect from them. So in some of the worst situations that I've seen happen in my experience, will your current policy provide protection from that? Will you be paying out of pocket? I mean, in the instance of the 100,000 abuse limit, that's a $900,000 out of pocket expense. If and the business if, could go under just from that. So insurance is incredibly important to the longevity and survival of your business. Yeah. Well, take a deep breath, whoever's listening and pause if you need to process all of that. But I have an interesting question, actually. So I often talk about white space on your calendar or kind of bandwidth as an insurance policy for retention. 
So I often talk about how the leader's ability to have space to respond to questions or be emotionally available for things that come up is an insurance policy for retention. Because when a leader is always busy and not available and just doesn't have bandwidth, then when staff need something, she's not there. Right. And so when staff don't have their needs met, they leave. And so oftentimes when I explain that, it's very difficult for people to correlate the two things. They're like, how does space on my calendar correlate with retention? Like normal, the addition problem that I find leaders usually making is like Starbucks gift cards, sandwiches, retention. When really that's not the equation. It's that's never the equation. The equation is usually great culture, values, white space on the calendar, being there for your people, relationships equals retention. So I think we're, as leaders and as owners, I think we are familiar with the concept of insurance. We're familiar with this concept. We need insurance or backup or coverage for life's unexpected things that happen because no one can predict the future. So I appreciate just your education, some of the anecdotes um, that you've seen. I'm curious about some other things here. When someone, if someone has, you know, purchased insurance already with other people and they're happy with it, but now maybe they're going into a transition, maybe they're starting to acquire other locations or they're doing a merger and acquisition, or they're looking at, you know, until now they've been renting or leasing, and now they're looking at purchasing their own property. I guess my question is, what are kind of the mile markers where an owner would sit down and reevaluate their insurance plan? Because what I found is like, let's take life insurance. When my husband and I first got married, we both got a certain policy. But then as our family started growing, I was like, whoa, one second, like we need something different over here. You know, this is not going to, this is not going to work for us as our family started to grow. So I'd love to hear what are some of the transition or milestones where someone should reflect and say, I should really reevaluate what my insurance policy is. Okay. That's a great question. And one that I really appreciate you bringing to attention. So I would say the first milestone is if you are one of those owners that are insured with just the Joe Schmo down the street. I love Joe Schmo, by the way. That's my favorite name. Joe Schmo's great. But if that's your insurance agent and they don't specialize in childcare, a lot of the policies that I see with Joe Schmo is just there's any insurance agent can get you into what's called a business owner's policy. And a business owner's policy basically consists of general liability and property, whether that be the building or if you lease just the business personal property. And I see, oh, this is the biggest kicker for me. Insurance agents don't understand how much revenue there is in a childcare business. And so I typically see a business interruption limits of like 50 to 100,000 per year as business loss coverage grossly. The first milestone I would say, if you are not currently insured or have never had your policy evaluated by a specialist, a childcare insurance specialist, then that's your, your first thing. It doesn't matter where you are in the policy, get a second opinion. Future milestones, anytime you grow or anytime there's changes. So with every change you make, an endorsement is necessary to be to make that change to the insurance policy. I see a lot of owners make the mistake of, for some reason, it's always around vehicles. <laughs> I get to a renewal term and, you know, we ask questions about, you know, what kind of changes have there been in the business? Have you added vehicles? And then it's like a, oh, light bulb moment. Yeah, we added five buses and you didn't tell your insurance agent, okay, I need those VIN numbers right now so I can get them <laughs> added to your policy um, or deleted. I mean, it's, it happens all the time, but 
anytime that there is a change in your program, if you add or, or sell a vehicle, if you purchase the building versus leasing it, if you acquire an additional location, if your enrollment and staffing fluctuates regularly, so that's not really a, a huge change unless I, I typically look for fluctuations of like 20 or more. So if enrollment really picks up, then obviously your exposure changes. We need to let the insurance company know, but give or take under 20. I mean, it's, yep. that's kind of a, a given. So the insurance companies are already aware that there's going to be some fluctuation there. I would say the biggest, uh, the biggest milestone as in, as staffing starts picking back up again, and we're getting those individuals back in the door your work comp policy is significantly affected by uh, payroll, payroll being underestimated. So if you say, for instance, at the beginning of the policy, 300,000 is the estimated annual payroll, but then you hire a lot more staff, you're reaching you know, full capacity again. And by the end of the year, you're looking more at 500,000 annual payroll. If you didn't let the insurance company know along the way, then, and this is, Chris, you can piggyback off of this on how we can streamline that for people, but not letting the insurance company know and keeping them up to date on how your payroll is changing can end in a huge audit at the end of the policy term. Shannon, when you mentioned, you know, at what point should you reach out to your insurance agent to let them know of these changes? Not only should you be reaching out to your insurance agent, you should be reaching out to whomever it is that's helping you with your HR. Right, because as you're going through these process of merger and acquisition or all of this growth, you might be a company that currently has 35 employees. Now all of a sudden you've acquired a new center. Now you've got two different centers, two different FEINs. However, it's all one common ownership. Now you're over 50 employees. Now you fall under things like ACA requirement or each state might have their own different requirements. For instance, in California or Colorado, once you hit certain uh, employee requirements. Now you're required to have a 401k or an employer-sponsored retirement plan. So you should really be making sure that you're talking to all of your advisors ahead of growth, right? So if you're working with an outside HR team or an outside payroll company or an outside insurance agent ahead of your growth or ahead of any expected changes, say, hey guys, how is this going to affect me? So as the business owner, you can make better decisions and be more prepared for those. Because the last thing you want, as Samantha was going down, is if all of a sudden you've underreported your work comp by half, at the end of that policy, when you have that audit, you're going to owe almost double what you originally paid. Plus, you're going to have to pay the new premiums to get started on the next year's policy, right? So it could be a big a big adjustment to your cash flow as well. Uh, same yeah. thing, all of a sudden, you've got to add those, those retirement plans and benefits. I think a lot of people are listening to this and maybe... 60% is like, oh, I get it. And like the other 40% is like, okay, I, I didn't understand a lot of the words over there or things that, that, they, that they spoke about. And I think that's why you need to have conversation with the experts, with educated people, especially when it comes to insurance. I feel like there's a lot of things that we can teach ourselves or we can Google or we can, you know, watch YouTube tutorials. But I find when it comes to things like insurance, like these bigger conversations, you don't want to do the YouTube tutorial. You want to talk to an expert. You want to talk to someone who is a trusted individual, someone who's like, like Samantha, like Chris, just someone who's knowledgeable in this field where you're not trying to teach yourself the ropes. And I often find child care leaders pride themselves a lot on self-reliance. Like, I got this. I'm going to bootstrap everything. I'm going to figure this all in on my own. I'm going to. And 
I think just, I hope a little part of this conversation helps just bring some discernment to when do we bootstrap? When do we try to figure it out on our own? And when do we call in the experts? When do we say, let me just have a conversation. Let me just see what the options are out there. We are, I like, we don't know what we don't know. And so I just, I really appreciate this conversation. I appreciate you educating all the people on here of like, what are those mile markers? Why do we have these conversations? And what your why is as a company, like why you guys are so passionate about having these conversations with childcare leaders. Samantha, Chris, where can people go to schedule a conversation with you if they're interested or go and find out more about Comploy? Yeah, they can absolutely come to our website. First place to start, it's just comployhr.com. Yeah, we'll have all the links in the show notes for anyone that's listening. Yeah. So they can come to our website. They can email or contact either of us directly as well great place to start that conversation, you know, especially for that 40% that you just mentioned that might be sitting there saying, Hey, well, I'm not quite sure if this is for me or it's not the right time. You know, we really take that consultative approach. There's no harm in saying, Hey guys, I want to have a conversation to learn what it is that I don't know. Uh, We're very, we're very happy to do that. Uh, You know, we, we founded Comploy on a couple of basic principles. We just want to make sure that we're here to help the small business owner, right? I've seen too many times in my past and in my career, people get started, they don't have the education, they don't have the resources, and that's what helps them to fail. We wanna help every business owner succeed, whether you're a client of ours or not, we're happy to to have the conversation and just educate you on some of the, the risks or some of the perils out there for you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us here. Thank you, Samantha. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Chris. Um, and thanks everyone for joining us. Yes, thank you. Thanks for having us. If you are loving the Schools of Excellence podcast and have gotten any value out of it for your school, I would love if you can do two things for me. One, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And two, can you please leave us a review? Reviews help other school leaders know that this is the place to learn how to build a school of excellence. And I would be so grateful if you can do that for us. Your help and support makes this show to be able to be listened by the thousands of other school leaders all around the world. Thanks so much for listening, for giving us your time and attention each and every week. And I appreciate that you have joined us. Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can click the link in the show notes or go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to optimize your already efficient systems or help you tweak some ones that need a little bit more tweaking to help you enter the 2024-2025 school year with ease, with success, and with calmness. Increase your profitability, reduce your expenses, and more than anything, just help you buy back some of your time. I look forward to seeing you there.